Blog Talk Radio. Gonna tell you a little bedtime tale, legend it will become. Burgers flying out the door, sail on. Two for one, no concern for the future. Living for today. Fast food bite on your way, lay it all to waste. The masses are afflicted now. Moo, mad cow. Mad cow. Mad cow, mad cow, line dance song. Hey, Sign Guy Nation. Welcome to the show on another Friday afternoon. Sign Guy with you as usual. Before we jump into things with our guest today, some show notes if you are looking for some professional wrestling in the next couple of days. Tonight, WCWO at the Outlaw Arena in Indianapolis, Indiana, as usual. All matches in a cage tonight. FGW in Hamilton, Ohio. And live pro wrestling happening in South Windsor, Connecticut tonight. Tomorrow night, you can find me over at RWA in Ocean Shores, Washington. You also have Russell Club celebrating both their 150th event as well as their eight-year anniversary in Boise, Idaho, Supreme Wrestling in Madison, Indiana, Knuckle Up at the Saloon in Oakwood, Illinois, NAP in Indianapolis, Indiana, Wrestle Arts also in Indianapolis tomorrow, PWE in Centralia, Illinois, STF in Salt Lake City, Utah, featuring Kevin Sullivan, PWK in Lake Station, Indiana, VPW in Portland, Connecticut, TPW in Bristol, Connecticut, and IZW happening in Tempe, Arizona tomorrow. So there's lots of wrestling happening in the next couple of days. Get out there, find yourself a local show and support. But without any further ado, I want to welcome our guest to the program. He is longtime professional wrestler out of the great state of Virginia, Ace Montana. Welcome to the program. Living, living on the end of a lightning brawl. What's up, brother? Doing very well today, and this happens to be your first time here on our particular show, so I'm going to lead you off today with our traditional first-timer question. How did you get into the business of professional wrestling? Well, it's a funny story. You know, the crazy thing is, is uh, uh, a lot of guys go to schools and stuff like that. A lot of guys uh, don't know this about me, uh, truly, but uh, how I broke into business, I actually lied to a promoter out of uh, North Carolina uh, told him I had the experience and everything I needed to do to be on a show. And he said, sure, if you want to make the drive, come on down. <laughs> uh, back then, I, it, you know, before MySpace took off and then went under and Facebook, they couldn't they couldn't credit check you a lot back in the day. Uh, so, actually, that's how I broke into business by, you know, I knew enough about wrestling um, with, that, you know, stuff like that and, you know, uh, making it more uh, durable, you know, you, you know, with the sense of, like, being more of a uh, strong style of it, you know, it's not an issue. 
Um, but yeah, I, I I lied to a promoter down in North Carolina because I knew it was like the Wild Wild West and still is today down there, and that's how I broke into business, man. Uh, um, uh, just that was a big guy that was over the top, and I, you know, he asked me to come back and asked me to come back, and then another people caught wind of me, and that's pretty much how I did it. When you get to that show. Did the promoter and or any of the wrestlers pick up on the fact that you sort of bluffed your way onto that show, or were they not fully aware that you weren't exactly honest with them? Well, I mean, don't, I don't, I don't, I do not recommend anybody do this. For one, you know what I'm saying? Like, don't. I mean, it wasn't right by me to do that, you know, especially since it was. But when you're six foot one. 290 pounds, you know, on the independent level, that's a pretty big guy. So they're willing to, you know, make an exception in the sense of, you know, um, not really wanting to push against the grain, if you know what I'm saying. Gotcha. Oh, you, like we said, are out of the Virginia area, and Virginia has an extremely long and rich history when it comes to professional wrestling, dating back many decades to the Jim Crockett territory when Virginia was one of the main uh, states in that region. You've had tons of independent promotions for the last 35, 40 years all over the state of Virginia. There's been massive amounts of pay-per-views and very large shows based in Virginia. Do you delve much into the history and researching what Virginia has done as far as pro wrestling goes? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's always so cool to me um, when people tell me, like, oh, you know, I went and wrestled uh, or I went and saw Andre the Giant versus Ric Flair at the Richmond Coliseum or – you know, I actually met a lady yesterday um, who told me that she was good friends with one of her girlfriends in school, and uh, she said one of her her one of her girlfriends in school's dad was a promoter for pro wrestling. He went by the name of Bluebeard. Um, I'm trying to think, but this we're, you're talking like 1940s and 50s, going back to that far that far. Um, but, uh, you know, I, you always see the stuff, and then, you know, you get – one of my students at the school, his uh, grandmother was a female professional wrestler, and, um, you know, he brought pictures in and showed me. And so, you know, it's always really cool to see, you know, how much has come through the state. You know, right now, I mean, it, you know, the, uh, the organization that I'm involved with, you know, they're trying to bring back that territory feel of traveling to different parts of Virginia – and stuff like that, and uh, but yeah, you know the, the city of Richmond, Virginia, you know it's pretty much dead. You know the Coliseum's got 16 feet around it. And, you know they condemned the building, so the Richmond Coliseum uh, doesn't hold any venues anymore, including wrestling, after it did forever. Um, but yeah, not not too much in the sense of you know the matches that took place here. I know Backlash was here years ago, and uh, I think that's this, I, th- I don't. Co- you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this is where uh, Kurt Angle did the moonsault off the back of the cage. It was here in Richmond, Virginia. 
Now, being in a state like Virginia, there's a lot of professional wrestling companies that have been or even still do pop up and run events in Virginia. It's fairly close to a lot of other states that also have a lot of wrestling to it. Do you think Mm -hmm. that, historically speaking, Virginia has been able to support the bulk of the companies that have ran Virginia, or do you think that there was an oversaturation in the market that may have hurt the progress of wrestling? Well, you know, uh, I talked to a friend of mine. I won't drop his name because he worked for the WWE, and, uh, you know, he's a good friend of mine. And uh, I, I was talking to him while I was on my bass boat fishing and today on the river, uh, and uh, I found out, man, that wrestling in Virginia is – people think um, – <laughs> you know, people think all the time that it's like – this mainstream or, you know, you know, stuff that it, what, what it isn't. I mean, Virginia is Virginia. The state itself uh, has a headlock on pro wrestling, which it shouldn't have, you know, we got a DPOR regulation place here in Virginia where back in the day you had to go get a physical, then you had to pay $40 and then they let you be a, a wrestler on paper. Uh, and then, you know, uh, to be a promoter in Virginia, it's $500 a year right off the top, no questions asked. Then you have to have a insured insurity bond on your, uh, which you got to go through like Geico or State Farm and all that stuff. And then you have to have a booker's uh, license to book the matches. Uh, I think that's like another $125. Um, and then, you know, it's just, the problem is, is, you know, that's what holds Virginia back, you know, so much, you know, the North Carolina has always got shows going on or there's more going on there. It's just, you know, Virginia itself is just a hard company to or hard state to get wrestling here because of all the fees they have to pay, you know, and it's, and, you know, people don't realize it's not just the licensing. I mean, I get it, whatever, if you want to do that, but then you got to pay 5% to the city of Richmond uh, for putting on the show, I think, and then you got to pay whatever counties percentage-wise, and then if it's over so many tickets, then they get, it bumps it up to like 10%. So, I mean, it, it's definitely a, uh, people don't run in Virginia because of the DPOR now. Back in the day, uh, like we're talking territories, Jim Crockett promotions, it, it, you don't got to worry about uh, DPOR getting five percent or having to have a promoter's license because you're pulling in fifty thousand dollars a night. You know what I'm saying? For sure, exactly. Yeah, independent companies usually don't quite pull in that much. I've never, I've never ever in eighteen years of being involved, or you know, ever seen an independent. Now we're not talking NWA, AWA, WWF. WCW, we're talking an independent. I have never seen an independent ever pull $50,000 with a gate, you know, a gate. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, in, even in Virginia, today's right? numbers, that's not something that happens. Yeah. Well, I mean, it hasn't happened since the 90s. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And that was in the 90s dollars when those gates were happening. So, 
Uh-huh. Big difference. Absolutely. Yeah, it, 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 it's just crazy, man. Yeah, I uh, I wish wrestling was uh, – I wish people – I wish all of us that were involved with wrestling in Virginia would try to make wrestling a scene, which is what I, you know, talked to my friend who works for the WWE. Uh, you know, I wish – because he's from here too. So, I mean, uh, you know, it, it's just crazy how I – I just wish everybody would work together to make a bigger scene in wrestling. But, you know, it, the platform has changed so much, you know, to get someone to come out to see a live show, uh, especially, you know, I don't know if you've been to any of those uh, WrestleMania indie shows where it takes forever. Um but uh, you know, it's just it's just hard. The format has changed with TikTok and online and all that stuff. It's it's hard to get people to come out. Now, one of the things that you're very aware of, I'm sure, is that in independent wrestling, especially, but any level of wrestling, the rings are going to be different and they're going to vary in quality and materials used to make them, and how they're built, so forth, so on. In your career, do you have a personal favorite ring in which you've wrestled? Um, no, I mean, not. I mean, you know, I, I know from being in the business for a long time, you know, high spots usually sells really, you know, high quality, very heavy uh, show rings. Um you know, and then you got stuff. I mean, there, I mean, there's been some uh, real crappy rings in my past, but not enough to. You know, that's one thing about being a big guy in wrestling. I don't got to worry too much about a ring and how it bumps. In the sense of like, don't get me wrong. I mean, it doesn't bump easy. None of them bump easy. But I don't, I don't do too much of a, of a move set or a wrestling style where hitting the ropes and going to turnbuckles and really going all over the place on it makes a difference for me. You know what I'm saying? For sure. Also something that varies when it comes to the ring is that Maintenance of the rings can be very different going promotion to promotion. Some people take very good care of the rings, and they will sanitize everything. They will very neatly and orderly stack it uh, when they break it down so everything's in place. Other promotions might sanitize the mat every few months if you're lucky. Some of them just kind of throw the ring haphazardly into the back of a truck when they're done with it. Some of the boards are not kept in good condition. What do you think needs to be done if someone's listening today and they want to make sure their ring lasts as far as maintaining a ring and making sure it's going to be safe and functional for years to come? Well, um, you definitely want to do yourself a favor. If you're going to, you know, uh, I think the last time I checked, I think an 18 by 18 is going to run you around 6,000. And then a 20 by 20 is around 9,000. Now I own two rings. I have a 20 by 20 and I have a 16 by 16 for my training ring. Um, you know, the, if you're going to make a really nice ring, uh, 
the monitoring or high monitoring noise money. You know, one thing that, you know, uh, comes to mind, uh, there's a promotion I run out of uh, Richmond, uh, MATW. Uh, their ring guys there are awesome. The guy that owns the ring name is Ron. You know, he has an enclosed trailer. Take the ropes, put them in different containers. Uh, turnbuckles get put back in, you know, they get wiped off, put back in the bags, put away. The boards go in, the rings go in. It's a full enclosed trailer that he pulls. I think the thing is like 20 feet probably about 30 feet long, uh, but a dual-axle enclosed trailer. And they, they put it away, the guardrails, everything gets put away. You know, I think if you're asking me, if someone's like, hey, I want to buy a wrestling ring and do shows and travel, what's the best thing I could do? Uh, you know, the best thing you can do starting out is, you know, get yourself some heavy-duty totes and those uh, furniture dollies. Uh, get a way to strap it down and move stuff around easier. Because, I mean, obviously, you know, the more you take care of it, the longer it's going to last. But if you leave it on the back of a open trailer and tarp it and it gets snowed on, rained on, weather, it gets hot, it gets cold, the welds will crack, the rust will happen. So, you know, I think if you're going to buy something that expensive in today's world, man, you definitely want to take care of it. An enclosed trailer and heavy-duty totes would be the way I would go for uh, longevity for your investment of having, you know, ring. Very good advice. Another thing that wrestlers have to have in order to be professional wrestlers is proper wrestling gear. Uh, some people just throw on jeans and a T-shirt, maybe knee pads, and tennis shoes, but if someone's mm-hmm. very serious and very dedicated, you're going to see them get singlets and tights and actual wrestling boots and proper wrestling gear. Where do you go to when you need new wrestling gear made? Well, I have a lady here in Richmond that, it, you know, for years she made so much of my gear. Uh, she still does when I need something. She's getting quite old now. Uh, so I have a private lady I've been using uh, for years um, that pretty much makes my trunks and my knee pad covers and, you know, tassels back in the day and singlets and, you know, my uh, pants and stuff like that. But, you know, I don't know of anybody now. I know Boogie Woogie Man, Jimmy Valiant's wife, Angel, she still makes guys gear up and down here in Virginia. Uh, she does a good quality work. It's the old school way of doing it. Uh, but she does good, good, good quality work. Um, but yeah, you, I mean, you hit the the nail on the head there, man. If you're going to get into professional wrestling, uh, after you get your proper training in, uh, obviously get yourself, you know, and a lot of people don't say this to a lot of, uh, guys and gals, you got to get what makes parts of you that look good, look great. And, get stuff that covers up stuff that doesn't make you look as great. I mean, you know, I'm I'm almost 300 pounds, and I wrestle in underwear, cowboy boots, a weight belt, knee pad. You know what I'm saying? But I look at it in the sense of, like, you know, the way I'm built. I look like, you know, I look like Dusty Rhodes in his prime or like your uncle. So it isn't, it isn't too dreadful to look at. Uh, but, you know, I think that, you know, getting getting top-notch gear and real wrestling boots, um, 
You know, I've never been a fan of kick pads, not one time in my career. I know a lot of guys rock them, and they like them because they're able to do more um, more uh, over-the-top uh, gimmicks inside the ring with flips and jumping high and getting to this. So, you know, I get it. I mean, they've been around long enough where, you know, it doesn't matter anymore, but I've just never been a fan of them. Wrestling boots is what I've always, you know, that. You, like you said, jeans, uh, knee pad covers, and shit like this, stuff like that—that <laughs> uh, that you can look professional, look the part, and hopefully, you know, by getting you know training done, that you know you look the part. Then you, if your trainer doesn't tell you, hey man, you know, definitely go get yourself a good looking pair of boots and some real gear. Uh, then you definitely need to re 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 rethink uh, your training of where you went because that's what I tell all the guys that ever come through my training squad I've got on my property here in, you know, uh, Virginia. Uh, you know, we, we focus on that stuff. You know, you got you to gotta look the part. You know, if you look like a fan, that's uh, that's pretty much that's that's the part where it, it, it kind of hurts the business. You know what I'm saying? Oh. One of the other things that some promoters do in order to help make the show go smoother and keep the wrestlers comfortable, especially in the time of year we are in right now, is provide uh, water and uh, electrolyte drinks, things of that nature. Some promoters will even go the extra step and provide catered food for the wrestlers. On shows that you're on, do you find that most of the promoters are supplying at least water and things of that nature to make sure wrestlers don't get dehydrated? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's so crazy uh, nowadays. Uh, back in the day, uh, you, you stopped at a gas station before you got to the show and got everything you needed if you needed something because, you know, it was very rare. Um, I mean, you the independence, you know, is a shoestring budget. I don't care who you are for a lot of promoters. Um, but, you know, yeah, the the I only wrestle with one organization uh, now that I'm, you know, in my late 30s, you know, and stuff like that. So I'm not, I'm not bumping around. Plus, you know, I, you know, I, I enjoy that they're, you know, that we, we travel all over Virginia. We stay in Virginia, going to North, a little bit into North Carolina, but nothing crazy. And, um, but, yeah, they do food, they do water, you know, and stuff like that. But, you know, I couldn't really speak of anyone else, but, you know, the people that I deal with. I, and that's the thing, too, if you, you're a wrestler, uh, you know, in the business and stuff like that, you know, always come prepared for yourself. And if there's anything extra, then, you know, definitely take advantage of it, um, you know, to your, you know, so it helps you in the locker room. But, yeah, I, I feel like, if they're not at least having a cooler full of water, I mean, hell, what's 24 pack of water is like what five bucks now? I mean, ten bucks and some ice in the back so your guys can be hydrated and no one passes out because you know it, it definitely is hot under them bright lights or in them gymnasiums or their you know National Guard armories or high schools, you know. So I get that. Now, this is the time of year we see a lot of promoters run outdoor events because 
in most of the country, the weather is still optimal to hold a show outside. Uh, lots of fairs and festivals, that type of things, uh, will have mm-hmm. bot shows on them. Do you personally do a lot of outdoor shows, and do you have an opinion on those versus the standard indoor venue? I feel if you're going to, yeah, absolutely. I have a big opinion on this. Don't do outdoor shows. <laughs> Don't do fairs. I, mean, I just got done with a fair uh, where we wrestled on a tractor pull racetrack. You know, red clay everywhere. The the PA system was from 1970. Uh, it was, you know, it, it, it wasn't hot by the time I came out. Uh, it was, you know, a little dark and dust, but, I mean, it just, you know, uh, if I can give any advice to anybody, don't run outdoor shows unless they're towards, like, after September where fall's kicking in and you have a pavilion you can be under. I mean, to risk, you know, to risk that, uh, I mean, I don't think you know, you know, with AEW and WWE or even back in the day, the research that went into stadium shows without a roof, um, you know, uh, you're not always going to bat 100 on that, but the, so much of their research for them big dog companies that they do for, hey, it didn't rain here for the last 10 years, or, you know, here's the stats for, you know, this place's outdoor venue. You know, uh, I got free tickets to, I think it was last year's SummerSlam or the year before when it was in Nashville, Tennessee, uh, when I was there for the whole players' last match thing, that was a shit show in itself. Uh, but you know, it was still even hot in the Tennessee Titan Stadium. And my wife, you know, she doesn't even know wrestling. You know, she, so she's she's just you know, a, she was like, I don't want to be here. We were in skyboxes too, so uh, you know, we went and got the free catering and all that stuff. But it was it was not it, even then. It was just like. Why would someone put this many people through this? Now, when the sun went down and the lights were there and the breeze was coming through, that's great. But, you know, definitely if you're an independent wrestling promotion, unless the fair is paying, it's a paid-for show like it was that we were on and the promoter can pay the boys good, make a bunch of money, and just go in and set up a ring and that's it and wrestle, then sure, do them, get the cash grab and roll. But if you have to try to draw a crowd, and you got to try to, you know, make some money on it. Absolutely do not run outside shows. I had a – there was a company uh, last year. I wrestled one time last year only because of, you know, family and back issues and everything else I had going on. And it was it was at some bar, and it was a billion degrees outside. And it was bring your own chair. And I was I, – when I found that out, you know, because I helped, you know, sell tickets to it and stuff like that. I was so furious, man. You don't even want to know how mad I was uh, and just shook my head. You know, guys were overheating. It was just ridiculous. So my opinion is an outdoor show is garbage uh, unless you have a pavilion or unless it's in the fall and you can, you know, guarantee that it ain't going to rain, it ain't going to do nothing stupid, you know, stuff like that. So (laughs) that's my opinion on hot outside wrestling. Now, this particular week has been pretty horrible for wrestling fans and the people within the business because we lost a 
few very, very well-known wrestlers. Mm -hmm. And in general, whenever there are deaths in wrestling, particularly at the independent level, a lot of times benefit shows will be held to raise funds for the families of the wrestlers, especially if they passed away at a fairly young age and didn't have a big cushion set aside. Mm. Do you do personally a lot of benefit shows for wrestlers that have either passed away or have gotten very sick, things of that nature? Well, uh, yeah, it's crazy, you know, losing Terry Funk and Bray Wyatt at 36, you know, you can, you can put them next to each other and the dates they were born and when they passed, you know, it's just crazy that Bray Wyatt is the same age as I am, you know, and when I found that out yesterday, I made a call to a bunch of people I haven't talked to in a while, I was like, hey, I love you, hope everything's doing good, you know, I just want to let you know, because you never, you, none of us know, you know what I'm saying, uh, when our time's up and that, you know, I, I do, do you know, Bray Wyatt's cause of death yet, or do, do we not know yet? Uh, it was being reported it was a heart attack brought on because of COVID-related exacerbation of his heart condition. So he had a heart condition, got COVID, had a heart attack because of the heart condition, and COVID helped push him to that. Okay. Okay. Uh, wow. Man, oh, man. Uh, you know, Benefit shows uh, can be very tricky. Um, I've had to turn some down because, you know, I can't make a five-hour drive for free. You just can't do it, especially, you know, and that that's one thing that, I you know, is, is a different, you know, and I like this. This is great. You're asking, like, real – you're asking real questions, which is really it's, – it, it's nice to have a, a break from the, you know – the typical guy that wants to interview you that has no clue about wrestling at all. So I definitely can tell you've done your homework on the industry itself. So if I had to give you any advice about an indie show that does benefit shows, man, it's, uh, it ain't like I'm hiding anything by saying this type of stuff, but you know, there's a lot of shady things in wrestling. You know what I'm saying? I don't know uh, your background with pro wrestling or the independent side, uh, but there's a lot of shady stuff. I've heard of benefit shows that are wind up turning out to be an awesome uh, crowd and an awesome uh, draw, and then find out that the family only got like 500 bucks from the show, and you're like, what in the, you know, and then a lot of promoters want you to wrestle for absolutely free, you know. And I tell every one of the guys that I break in the industry with, do not wrestle for free. Treat it like it's a job. Treat it professionally. And, you know, it ain't got to be a lot, but it's got to be enough to say thank you and get you down the road a little bit, you know. And a lot of guys don't like that. And I don't I don't care either way, you know what I'm saying, Uh but you got to pay your guys nowadays. It's just it. You know, I take an advantage, you know, I, uh, I tell guys in the industry, you know, we all, we, we lost draws like what, two weeks ago? Yeah. So, you know, I hear, I, I come to the realization of as long as I've been around, no one gets to bitch about their, their wrestling industry. No one, 
you can bitch, but it can't be to the point where you want people to take you seriously. I mean, you look at draws, for example. D'Lo Brown still beats himself up to this day for putting that move down and then draws his accident. Uh, and draws didn't blame anybody. He, he, he was a happy guy. He still lived out his life. And, you know, it sucks that, you know, he's passed and he's gone. But, you like, you think about that, you know, uh, if you get to walk away, then you should be happy. You shouldn't have to bitch about, you know, oh, he hurt me or, I mean, because, I mean, Draws got dealt a really crappy hand uh, outside of wrestling and in life after that, you know. So, um, it's just, it's just weird, man. Benefit shows are very, uh, they're, they're shady. And there's a lot of shady people in professional wrestling, especially on the indies, you know, because you got, I mean, we're all, it's a carnival show no matter what you want to do. Uh, and I feel more that it's going back to the roots of wrestling nowadays because, um, you know, back, you know, no, you've got some guys that are still juicing and getting on roids to get bigger and, all that stuff, but it, it looks like your aunt and uncle wrestling again. You know, like you know, Tully Blanchard was a tough guy, looked great, but he never he never looked like Brock Lesnar did. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely, yeah. And it's and it's believable. You know what I'm saying? When you go out to the bars with your friends and stuff, it's believable to see those guys in the ring. I mean, don't get me wrong, Brock Lesnar's a draw, and he's huge, and he's a real fighter, and he does all this great stuff. And But he, he, he I tell you know, I tell all the guys in the school, he's the exception. You know, when you look like that, you're the exception. You know what I'm saying? Now, coming up very shortly is the annual CAC convention in Las Vegas, and for the people not extremely familiar with the CAC, besides the reunion they hold, they are an organization that uh, has a benevolent fund to help wrestlers in need if wrestlers are sick and need help with medical bills, or if they are down on their luck and need help paying a mortgage or whatever the case may be, CAC was intended and still does a lot of benevolent work for the people within the industry. Do you personally uh, pay attention to what the CAC is doing and attend any of the reunions? No, no, never. I didn't even know they existed until right now. Um, You know, it's, that's, I mean, that's awesome. That's super cool, you know. But, you know, I think I think you're going to have, like I said, the platform of wrestling and the information that we get now. You know, back in the day, right? Uh, how old are you, if you don't mind me asking? 45. Okay, cool. So you grew up on swapping tape and trying to get other places in the country to get to see – and it wasn't, it wasn't, you didn't, if you, if you want to see what your favorite superstar is doing now, you just go over to what Twitter used, or, you know, I don't know what they call it now, but Twitter, and you can see what he thinks that week or that day, or if he has an opinion on something. You only saw wrestling, me and your eras, we only saw wrestling on Monday nights and the weekends, you know, and, uh, 
we got the, you know, oh, my God, you know, we only got 59 seconds till we go off air, and we'll see you next week, folks. And then you got the hotline came out and stuff like that, right? Uh, but then you got uh, shows like uh, Dark Side of the Ring, right? It's a great watch, but damn, is it? They someone needs to make a spinoff where maybe we got the light, you know, the lights on side of the ring or something, you know, because every time I turn around, I learn stuff about childhood heroes where I'm like, God, it was that bad, like Jesus, you know, and you know, it, it's hard to feel. I, I I had this conversation with a guy who was a fan, and he's like, after watching Dark Side of the Ring, it's kind of hard to feel bad for wrestlers, pro wrestlers that fall, you know, in in the case of, like, uh, Marty Jannetty. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, us in the business, like, worker guys and wrestlers and people that met him out, you know, in the wrestling business, or, God, if you had to be in a bar, you know, you definitely saw some stuff. Uh, it's just hard to feel bad for guys in the industry anymore, especially when, you know, there's been a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, inappropriate things come out about people and then obviously the drug use and then basically not caring. And now you got to be, you know, when I'm at shows or anything or I'm talking to anybody, I make sure that I'm not alone with nobody. I make sure that they're not recording me and I make sure I don't say anything out of pocket because, you know, there's so many people now that don't mind catching you slip up if you slip it up, you know. So I haven't heard of the organization. It's super cool if they do do stuff and they help wrestlers out that get hurt or that, you know, just, I mean, Kamala, for God's sake, that man got, he got screwed over worse than anybody. Um, But, you know, he's he's gone too as well, I think. So it's definitely, uh, it's cool that there's an organization that does that. I'll have to check into more of that. Uh, And what would you say the name of it was again? It is the Cauliflower Alley Club, C-A-C. Ah, okay, yeah. I've heard of the Cauliflower Alley Club. I, I didn't – the C-A-C, okay. And don't don't they do, like, an award show as well? Uh, part of their union, yeah. Okay, okay, cool. Yeah, that's what I thought. All right, yeah. So um, that's what I – because you're, you're talking about guys that are, you know, wrestlers. That, I guess it – the cauliflower area, if you will, like, you know, but a lot of it, you know, it's crazy how many wrestlers have passed. I think guy, like, put together a video I saw the other day where it was, like, since, like, the ni- 1990, like, 300 guys have passed away or something. It's it's just crazy. Agreed with you there. Um you mentioned the light side of the ring, and one of the things a lot of wrestlers have gone into as sort of a side venture in the last few years is stand-up comedy. We've seen people like Jake Roberts and Rob Van Dam and Mick Foley, King Kong Bundy, all doing stand-up comedy acts, and they will do these around professional wrestling appearances in different towns where they visit. Uh, Mm -hmm. Do you see a link between pro wrestling and 
stand-up comedy as to why so many wrestlers have been getting into stand-up comedy? Absolutely. Um, yeah. You want the truth, right? Yeah. It's a payday, brother. That's all it is. And if you can get a payday, like a lot of these guys that you mentioned, they can't even walk straight. Hell, I can't even walk straight. I've been – my left knee and my lower back is shot. I'm 36 years old, and if I – if I if I really overwork it or twist it the wrong way, you're, I mean I can't even lay down straight. But these guys that are getting into comedy are guys like Mick Foley, uh, RVD, uh, guys like Jake Roberts. You know the abuse of your body and drugs and everything else. Uh, you know it's a payday without having to take a bump. Uh, that that's a good day for a professional wrestler. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm I one time uh, uh, I got brought in to do promos, just promos, got paid, and that's all he needed. I was like, okay, this is weird. This <laughs> this is super weird. I can't believe this is happening. Okay, are you sure you don't want me to wrestle? Oh, no, you're fine, man. I'll, we'll get you next month. Thanks for coming out for the promos. And then yeah, I didn't know what to do with myself. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, a lot of these guys that are transitioning, to, because it's always about a reaction. A lot of wrestlers, I mean, you see that Ric Flair, all the stuff they've covered in the last four years, he doesn't like to be alone uh, at any given time. Uh, a lot of guys just can't let the spotlight go. And, you know, you hear that from people. But that's just, I don't get mad at fans when I hear that because that's just fan talk. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of guys are, oh, well, he just needs to hang, uh, just quit. He doesn't know when to quit. He should have done. And I'm just like, well, he, this is just a fan saying this. I'm not mad at the fan for doing fan talk. He doesn't know any better that this guy doesn't have a bachelor's degree behind his wrestling skills or, you know, if he doesn't keep it up, you know. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's some guys that, you know, that lace. I mean, I was – sitting right behind Kid Rock and Conrad Thompson when Ric Flair in Nashville laced him up one more time. And like I said, my wife knows nothing about wrestling. Quick little story about my wife. She actually lived in Lima, Ohio. Uh, and you'll never believe her whole life, never clue until she met me, which is a re- an independent wrestler. She's like, oh, yeah, I used to share a driveway with a wrestler. And I said, oh, no kidding. Oh, you know, this is like when we first started dating before we got married and had kids. And she was like, yeah, his name was Al Sylvia. I think. Al Sylvia, I was like, what kind of thing? And then she, I showed her a picture, uh, and she was talking about Al Snow. So, like, she was, in, she shared a driveway with Al Snow in Lima, Ohio, when she was a little kid, you know. But uh, the comedy stance with guys and, you know, what they're doing, I think it's a great way for the older guys that can't wrestle uh, anymore uh, that, you know, they'll jeopardize their health or they just can't do it. I think it's a great way to tell war stories and get on the road and do this. I think it's a, uh, I think it's a great thing. I think Jake Roberts doing some in London and stuff like that. I mean, the wrestling format has changed. I mean, you don't even have to be a wrestler to get in the wrestling business to interview wrestlers and, um, you know, get hot and do things uh, and have a, a, a good, uh, good layout and good format. Um, you know, it, it, no one realizes and no one always, you know, we always talk about kayfabe and, you know, oh, it needs to be real and all, you know, but no one wants to take the blindfold off of, you know, the real shoot behind it. Uh, you go to autograph signing, 
you know, you've got some wrestlers and that male or female that are genuine, love to be there and meet people. And you've got a lot of guys and gals who want to get paid, get out. And that's it. You know, they care about their spot, what they're doing and they should, you know, you know, wrestlers, wrestlers are different. We're a different breed. You know, we're, we think different than 90% of people on it, but it's, it, it's just, it's crazy, but, not steering too far off and coming back into the the comedy stand up. I think it's a great it's a great move to get a payday for guys to be able to keep a living going uh after a very hard and rough career. Um you know, you got I mean Mick Foley doesn't need the money. He loves to do it, you know. So it it you got a whole bunch of you got a whole bunch of uh different bags of tea. Uh, to dip in water when it comes to that. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. What, let me ask you this question. At your age, what do you think about the older guys or, you know, guys that can't really wrestle hard anymore going and doing the comedy? Do you think it's you think it's fun to sit down and watch them tell stories about, you know, Adrian Adonis doing cocaine and getting in the car? Or, or do you think it takes away more of, like, your childhood as you get older? I think at this point, there's nothing stopping the next guy from telling the story. So if guys can get a a payday doing things like that, or if they feel like they are going to be able to make a living doing this, and I don't see anything wrong with it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. We're on the same. We're on the same page. No, I think that's cool. In a couple of days' time. AEW has the annual all-in event, and they have sold over 90,000 tickets in Mm -hmm. Wembley Stadium for this event. AEW Uh is only five years old and started from scratch. Uh, They Mm -hmm. have advanced tremendously compared to what people initially thought they would be. What Mm -hmm. do you think of the advancement of AEW in the professional wrestling business and what they're doing right now over in England? Well, uh, I am super excited. Hopefully all the boys and girls that are involved with that show get a great payday. Um, You know, hopefully everybody involved, from the ring crew to the light crew to the truck drivers to the, you know, people in the back, the seamstress, the makeup artist, you know, there's so much more uh, that's involved. Hopefully everybody gets a good payout. You know, obviously I don't think the Khan family needs the money, uh, but it's also good to see a product that they have that's thriving. That's super cool. Um, Wrestling has been starving for something for quite some time, you know, but there's never going to be another, there's never going to be a Monday night war because no one cares about ratings anymore. You can stop, watch it, go back, you know, and see it whenever you want on your time. Wrestling's on your time now. It isn't back in the day when me and you used to watch wrestling, you either choose between the WWF or WCW. You could try to hit, uh, the 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 back button on your remote to switch back and forth, but sooner or later you're going to have to choose. All right, do I want to watch this or do I want to watch that? So, uh, I think I think it's awesome. I think the more places there's the war, even 
as small as Impact and the uh, NWA uh, put on, you know, their shows, it's still a place to go work. It's it's a canvas to get on. It's, it's to get better at your craft and what you do. So, you know, I think I, w- I, wish, I wish there was a lot of territories. I wish that this was my full-time job that I could have done. And, you know, it, it was the territory days in the sense, but, you know, uh, I'm super glad that they're successful. I'm glad that, well, hopefully, you know, I, I don't watch the product, so I'm not going to sit here and uh, tell people, but I did hear that they, you know, did that, and that's awesome. 90,000 wrestling fans getting to watch wrestling. Uh, you know, for the wrestlers that are booked on the show, you know, definitely just take it in because that's not something that happens on the regular, even for the WWE, you know, but ever since the McMahon sold the WWE, it just, you, you tell me if I sound right, but ever since Vince sold it, it just doesn't feel like the magic's there. It's like, um, it's like Walt Disney World and Walt Disney World never got to see it. You know what I'm saying? That's how I feel on the inside. It's just... It just sucks because, like, I mean, don't get me wrong, everything happened or whatever, but it just, I feel like the magic is gone. Uh, people don't like Vince because he's out of touch. I like Vince because he's a crazy guy uh, that, you know, he built, I mean, he changed the, the world. You know, him and him and his wrestlers changed the world of entertainment, you know, and, you know, looking back on it now, I mean, they'll still be talking about that guy for over 100 years, you know, but... In the sense of it, yeah, I'm. I think it's awesome. I would love. I mean, if I get a chance to see clips of it as I'm scrolling on my phone, uh, I'll definitely check it out. I mean, it's, but hats off to them. I think that's awesome. I think that the more places that pro wrestlers have to work on the canvas and to be able to, you know, show their talent and showcase their talent is a good thing for the wrestling business. Um. And if anybody tells you differently, it's I like you heard me say it before. If a fan is sitting there telling you that AEW sucks and that they should just go out of business or whatever, that's just fan talk. They don't know the business. They don't know anything about it. They may think they do, and so a lot of people think they know the wrestling business, and then they they try to get involved in the indies and how, what it takes, and you know they realize very quickly like, oh, this is not nothing that I thought that this was going to be, I don't want to do this or be a part of this, you know, and that's the difference. So, but yeah, congratulations. That's awesome. I think, I think that's going to be a hell of a, hell of a uh, view to capture uh, for sure. Cause I mean, you know, they still show to the day WrestleMania three, you know what I'm saying? How big it was. So. Well, we're down to the last few minutes of the show and I want to make sure that you have ample time if there is anything that you want to say to the listeners plug and promote anything and everything you have social medias upcoming Mm -hmm. appearances merchandise your favorite bar anything in the world floor is all yours well i appreciate the time number one thank you so much for having me on and asking me uh business questions with pro wrestling this has been a real treat for me Uh, i wish we could uh you know i definitely uh, enjoy getting to do these kind of questions then, you know, oh, what did you think of SummerSlam or stuff like that? It really, it's really nice to hear different, you know, questions that you're not prepared for or they don't, you know, run over. So thank you for that. Um, I wrestle uh, for a promotion here in Richmond 
or not sorry, not Richmond, the Virginia area is called MATW. That's uh, Mid Atlantic Territory Wrestling. They're doing a really cool thing for us guys that remember the territories and love wrestling the old school way. Um, you know, they're getting praised and criticism about how they're stuck in b- behind times, but you know, it's uh, it's a different cup of tea. You know, the guys usually book bigger men, and uh, they don't they don't like the whole you know, thigh slapping and all that stuff. So I like what they're doing. I'm a part of it. I'm a real big player in it. And I uh, am truly uh, uh, honored to be a part of it. Um, so, you know, MATW and, you know, the Virginia area, if you see any of their shows, uh, go to their Facebook, uh, Mid-Atlantic Territory Wrestling. You can catch out if you're close to uh, Virginia. Uh when it comes to all the other stuff you talked about, I don't do it. I don't do merchandise no more. I don't do – my Facebook is Big Ace Montana. Uh, you know, it's just me as a guy, independent pro wrestler. Uh, so, it's nothing special there. Uh, I, I just don't need it anymore. Um, and uh, that's kind of weird to say, but it's just – you know, life's been really good to me. I was able to do some things and make some stuff happen where, you know, I don't really have to have a uh, hard life anymore. So, you know, I enjoy the fans, though. I'm, you know, if you can watch any of my stuff or hear what they say, you know, I'm the for the people, you know what I'm saying? That's, you know, I, big, big uh, influence from the Dusty Rhodes American Dream. I love him so much. I miss him all the time. Uh, getting the honor to be around him was just something too cool for school. And, you know, it it just support independent wrestling guys, support your local wrestling radio shows like this one, and, you know, just enjoy wrestling. If I can tell anything to the wrestling fans of today, just enjoy it, man. Uh, stop looking in the past. It's never going to be what it used to be. Um, it's never going to be um, – but you can get to where you enjoy it. If you can get to where you enjoy it, you know, like I have a wrestling school in Virginia right outside of Richmond on my 15-acre uh, property. I'm on the, you know, I'm riverfront property. I got 15 acres. I got a building here with a ring. Um, I train guys on Thursdays and Sundays, uh, Thursday from 6 to 9, and Sundays from 10 to your rest. We're trained, you know, you know, taking booking and stuff like that. So if you're interested in becoming a professional wrestler, that's uh, what I trained you to be, to break in the business of an independent professional wrestler. I don't promise you a WD contract. I don't promise you an AEW contract. I promise you just to learn to break into wrestling with safe moves, the bank, and how to talk to about getting paid and booked. So I kind of open pull back the curtains for a lot of guys. A lot of guys got hit me up even after they've been trained somewhere else. Like, hey, Mike, you got to talk to this. I, we never, ever will ever pay how to talk about getting booked and stuff like that. That's way that me freeze. And uh, that's pretty much it, brother. I'm going to enjoy the rest of the evening and do the, do the dang thing, you know. Yeah. In- Support any wrestling and support the big guys too. Go see the WWF if they're in, sorry, WWE if they're in town or AEW if they're down. You know, if you're a wrestling fan, enjoy it. Um, I don't know what ticket prices are because I haven't paid for a wrestling things since I think the last guy I went to was oh man, 
paid for was like an ECW show at VCU Rams Arena when Paul Heyman actually owned ECW. So that's been a Did we lose you there? No, I'm here. Oh, there we go. Okay. All right. Pretty, okay, pretty we much got here. you back. Say what? Uh, we lost you there for a second, but we got you back. But um, I definitely want to thank you for being on today. We appreciate you taking the time. And I know you don't do a ton anymore, but I wish you well on the bookings that you do have and definitely with your school where you're teaching the new crop of professional wrestlers. There you go, brother. Well, look, thank you much for this evening and I always sign off with don't fry bacon naked brother fair enough I will not <laughs> ben, definitely if you've not seen him yet jump on the YouTube look up Ace Montana if he's at a show near you go buy a ticket and support what he is doing great great talent been around for a while so he knows what he's doing out there so get out there and check him out if he is near you we will be back with you on Sunday afternoon. We have Washington State-based competitor Madsen Murphy, that 90s kid with us. And then one week from today, we will be back with you with Steve Ray, longtime competitor. So make sure you have plans to be with us. Everybody continue to stay safe out there. And as we mentioned earlier, we had a horrific week in Pro Wrestling with the deaths of who was the oldest living professional wrestler, Abe Jacobs. He passed away a couple of days ago. Also, Terry Funk passed away at the age of 79 after some declining health over the past few years. And yesterday we lost Wyndham Rotunda, who was known Professionally is both Husky Harris and Bray Wyatt. Uh, like we said earlier, heart condition exacerbated by COVID. Thoughts go out to all of their fans and their families. We will end the show today with the traditional tin bell salute as we honor all of them. Thank you.